Hey, welcome to service. How y'all doing? Good time worshiping Jesus. We are blessed with an awesome worship team. Hey, we're glad to have you here this evening. Do we have any guests, any time, first-time visitors here? Hey, how you doing? Huh? Welcome. We're pretty warm and fuzzy. I know we got a few people here, but we're pretty nice and stuff. Hey, you're new too. I don't. Outstanding. David, I'm. It should should say Tom. I evidently did not put my own name tag on. So, I'm the campus pastor. Glad that you guys could join us tonight. I I hope you had a good weekend. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He is good. I'd like to thank Jesus and Tom Brady for taking the year off so we could win. That'd be great. I, you know, we kind of got into our message pretty quickly last week. And last week I was speaking about uh, being refreshed in 2020 and beyond. And how God has something new for each of us today. He's not looking for us to live on the things of the past and the remnants, but God has something fresh for each of us. And to receive that refreshing in this year and beyond, it starts by seeking God's face. All the plans, everything that we can come up with, they're nice, but if we don't seek the throne of God, it doesn't matter. Uh, we talked last week about how Jabez asked God to doubly bless him, whatever the Lord wanted to give to him, God, just give me twice as much. He asked the Lord to expand his territory, which meant it was going to be more work for Jabez. And it also, he was looking for him to expand his influence so that lives could be changed because of him. He then goes on and asks for an empowerment of his presence in his life. God, be with me in everything that I do. And then finally, Jabez prayed that God would break generational curses in his life. Sy systems and circles that had been passed down from generation to generation so that he could be refreshed. The word tells us that God granted him his request. God wants to grant your request this year too. God wants you to be refreshed. He wants you to experience something new in your life and greater than ever before. I'm excited to kind of talk, begin to talk tonight to you about a few things that are going to be happening. Uh, as you look at being refreshed, there are a few different factors that impact whether or not you're going to be refreshed in your life. And so I was kind of praying and talking to God and asking him, you know, what should we be looking at as the semester continues? And one factor just kept on popping up over and over again during my prayer time. And that's refreshing friendships. Uh, let's be honest with each other, okay? You guys have known me a while, or at least most of you. There you go. How you doing? <laughs> Not all friendships are equal, right? Some friendships, you know, some people in your life, they're your BFFs, you know, you hang out every single day. Some friendships are maybe more acquaintances. There are some friendships that you've had that you've known people your whole life. And then there are other friendships, maybe uh, you're just getting to know them. Maybe it's someone that you met at the beginning of the semester and you're getting to develop a friendship. All those 
are valid. But, okay, what I'm getting at tonight, at, there are some friendships that you have that fill you up, and there are some friendships that drain you. There's some people in your life that they leave you feeling encouraged after you've spent time around them. You feel empowered and ready to take on the day. And there are other friends that God love them, you kind of dread a little bit because you feel just empty after hanging out with them. Don't look to your left or your right, okay? Just stay focused here. Don't let on, it's okay. I had a buddy that I went to school with, college, and I love him to death. He is a good guy, but I'm going to be honest with you, it got to a point in my life that, whew, it took everything for me to want to hang out with him because he would take and take and take. He was kind of needy, maybe a little bit on the negative side, and I never felt refreshed after spending time with him. That's not what I want for Chi Alpha, okay? I want the goal for this ministry to be young people who have refreshing friendships. You see, to live, love, and lead people to Jesus, we need to be refreshed this year, and that refreshing starts by having good friendships. And so, what does a refreshing friendship look like? Well, let's start at probably the most general and the most logical place, Jesus. Jesus commanded his disciples in John 13, 34, and 35. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Okay, let me set it for you here. Jesus is at the Last Supper with his disciples. He is about to go to the cross, die a horrific death for you and I. And so he's giving his disciples last words of wisdom, important things that they need to take into their career. And so he gives them this commandment, love one another as I've loved you. But every time I read this, I'm like, come on, Jesus, isn't this a little redundant? These guys have spent three years ministering and working with Jesus. It seems like they should know this commandment is kind of just an assumed thing. Should they know it? Yeah. But here's a fact. The disciples were not always the most refreshing group of friends to each other. They were pretty selfish, pretty self-centered, self-motivated. They wanted to advance themselves many times. You had these guys would argue about who is the greatest among them. They tried to manipulate Jesus to give them a better position in his kingdom. They weren't kingdom-minded, they were self-minded. And, you know, this is something that we expect to see in the world, in business and in politics, people stabbing each other in the back to get ahead. But these guys are Jesus' disciples. 
people that he is about to entrust with the future of his new church. I know Jesus knew the future, but I think even Jesus, oh, Lord, help them, please. That wouldn't instill me with a lot of confidence. And so Jesus, he gives them this commandment because he understood a simple fact. You don't make up the body of Christ, we do. We live in a very individual society that everything's about us. There is no church without all of us, okay? And unfortunately, many Christians, they view church as a place to attend instead of a community to be a part of. They go to a service, they go to an event, but they never develop life-giving, refreshing friendships. Students, I don't care what kind of Christian you are. I don't care how much time you spend in the Word. You need friends. And you cannot survive in this world alone. You can't. There is a reason, multiple reasons, why the Lord has given us the church to uplift each other, to protect each other, to encourage each other. We need to be a body that's refreshing to people. And that kind of happens in two ways. One, we need to be, we need to offer refreshing friendships as a ministry. A community, we, we need to be a friendly place, correct? We need to be accepting of new people that come in. I, I'm sorry, I hate to do this to y'all. I don't want new people to come in and be like, hey David, and then not actually ever speak to you ever again. I think it's valid that you develop friendships. I think it's valid that we get comfortable with people. It's how you provide an intimate environment in life groups so you guys can open up to each other. It's how you can have a true and honest conversation in a one-on-one. -on -one. But it's really easy to cross that line where potential new friends aren't welcomed into the body of Christ even if they've been officially invited to come along. I think there's something in our nature that we can be a little bit clicky. And so we have to be on top of our game in the body, making sure that we are a welcoming community. Secondly, though, people have to actually accept refreshing relationships. A lot of times we like the benefits that come from them, but... Well, here's the reality. Refreshing relationships also means accountability at times, too. My mom would tell me growing up, and that's a saying that everyone's heard, to have friends, you must actually be friendly. And I'll be honest with you, I've been doing college ministry for a long time, and I think your generation struggles with real, true, refreshing relationships with each other. You, got, you guys are a generation that is more connected than ever before between the internet, texting, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and yet the always connected, social media savvy generation struggles the most with loneliness than ever before. The tech that it was supposed to bring you all closer together 
leaves most people separated from the world. And this connection stuff provides you guys with a false illusion of friendship. You have shallow relationships with people, but no real friendships. And unfortunately, that leaves us feeling alone even when we're surrounded by people. And there are times that even in the body of Christ, you can feel dry without friends. The key is to have quality friendships. If you have quality friendships, you will be refreshed. And I believe that's what Jesus was getting at when he said that their love was for, love for each other would prove to the world that they were his disciples. It wasn't just a message for the disciples in the moment, but I believe that Jesus was speaking prophetically about what people would need today and a unique distinctive that would draw people to him. See, we talked about putting work in last week. You want to see God's territory expand, you have to put in work. Part of the work that we're talking about is building relationships. Relationships are work, folks. Whether it is a man-woman relationship, friendship relationships, you don't spend time with each other, you don't put energy and focus, they're not going to work. You know, a lot of people, they like to network. I hate the word network with a passion. I really do. Because I feel like networking is a shallow replacement for friendships, with, usually with the ulterior motive. The more people you know, gets you ahead, gets you where you want to be. We were at a conference this past weekend, and, you know, made up of Chi Alpha people from around the state. And I just told them, I don't want to be in your network. I want to be your friend. We can have a network of friends that works for me. And you know, these are people that we might not see every single day of our life, but they have qualities that make them refreshing friendships when we do get together. That we feel lifted up, encouraged, challenged, and motivated. That's what I'm looking for within this ministry. So over the next month or two, we're going to be looking at refreshing friendships in the Bible. And so each week, basically, we're going to look at different friends and the quality they represent and how we can get better in those qualities. Tonight, as we kick off this little mini-series, or seriesception, as I like to say, we're going to be looking at a quality that's found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. It's here that Paul said, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of christ okay so what is the law of christ jesus came to earth he fulfills the old testament laws i'll be honest i'm glad that we don't have to kill animals every time that we sin because i would have to kill a lot of animals and while we aren't held to the ceremonial commands of the Old Testament, Jesus didn't leave us without expectations, laws, or commandments. Jesus, when he came back, simplified everything down. He simplified the Old Testament moral laws. Love God, love your neighbor, 
love one another as I've loved you. You see, sharing each other's burdens is a good way to start fulfilling this command, and it's a major quality of a refreshing friendship. If you go on to the next verse, verse 3 actually elaborates on this idea a little bit, and it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. You had a lot of really young Christians and a lot of selfishness in the church at uh, Galatia. The Apostle Paul understood that the best way to bring unity to the church is to have them serve each other. And in verse 3, Paul gets a little savage with those people. He's like, hey, if you think you're too important to help someone else, you're only fooling yourself, you are not that important. Ooh, that hurts me a little bit. I like to feel pretty good about myself. Paul, if you read through his letters, he has no problem serving up some truth, okay? Most of the time it's in a cup of love, but uh, this truth is hot and strong, okay? Serving others when we carry their burdens is a cure for our selfishness. A disease that plagues mankind. C.S. Lewis echoes the sentiment when he said, humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. You are important. You're important to God. You are his child. You're just not more important than the person sitting to your left or your right. And so one of the best stories about friendship and carrying each other's burdens is found in Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. It's a story of when Jesus heals the paralyzed man. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there and follow along. If not, we will have the words, right Morgan? On the screen behind me. Awesome. All right, starting in verse 17. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took some tiles off. Took some tiles. Took off some tiles. There you go. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the, young, to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is, easier, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with awe, with one great wonder and awe, 
And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Lord, I just ask that you speak tonight. Through your words, through your Holy Spirit, God, let us hear your voice. Let us be open to what you have to say, God, and let us be refreshed in your name. Amen. All right. As we talk about this story, I want you guys to recognize that there are two groups of friends mentioned in the story. The first group is pretty obvious. You got the friends who carried the man to Jesus. That's where we're going to spend most of our focus on tonight. But they weren't the only friends in the story. The Bible tells us that some Pharisees and religious teachers showed up and they wanted to check out this new and upcoming teacher. See, this story takes place very early within Jesus' ministry. He's basically done his first ministry tour. He has healed a bunch of people. He's begun to get a lot of notoriety. And so you have these guys who show up to determine whether Jesus was going to be a friend or a foe. And as many of us know, uh, Jesus didn't join their friend group. Actually, by the end of this day, he wasn't their friend. There are many reasons why we become friends with someone. Often it has to do with some kind of, we got something in common. Whether you're the same major, you like the same sports, or play video games, we have something that brings us together that makes us want to be friends. The Pharisees, they were brought together for a common purpose. Students, all friendships, both good and bad, are founded in love. Okay? All friendships, good or bad, founded in love. There's a misconception, though, that all love is good. God's love, the pure and holy kind that unifies the body of Christ, is obviously good. Can we all agree on that? Awesome. But you need to understand that there is another kind of love that bonds people together that isn't holy. I like to call it a demonic love. It's a love that's founded in hate rather than caring for each other. You see it in the Psalms when David talks about how people have come together to try to destroy him. They don't care for each other. They just have a common hate in their hearts. And you see, Satan tries to use this demonic love to bind people together so they can destroy, so he can use them. Satan can't create stuff. Everything he creates is just a poor copy, an evil copy of what God's already done. Such is the case of love. And unfortunately, this isn't just something that we see out in the world. Many times I've seen demonic love flourish within the church. People brought together by something that's not of the Lord. Jealousy, anger, looking for faults, arrogance. There are many times I've seen people and they're, friends, but I don't think they like each other too much. They just find friendship in common dislikes. 
We want to be a refreshing place that the lost come to. We got to break the spirit. We cannot have the spirit in the in Jesus church or no one will ever know that we're his disciples because we'll look a lot like the world. And so that deals with that. Let's go back to the positive stuff, okay? First group of friends. They know how to share or carry each other's burdens. In this case, they're literally carrying their friend to Jesus. And there's some important lessons that we can learn from them, from these refreshing friends, so that we can know how to better carry each other's burdens. First thing I want you to know, refreshing friends know the source of power. Verse 17, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Remember what I just said. This is early in Jesus' career. People were just hearing about him. They were coming to see him perform miracles. The Pharisees didn't hate him yet, though they soon would. The fact remains that Jesus was empowered by God to heal people. The man's friends knew where to go. I don't know how they knew. I don't know how they heard about Jesus. I didn't know if they, maybe they got a recommendation from a friend, saw a Facebook ad. I don't know. But they knew. And what is obvious is that they knew Jesus had the ability to do something they could not. Students, I think too often, we carry each other's burdens in circles. What do I mean by that? We got a lot of good Christians who care about their friends, who suggest taking their burdens everywhere but Jesus. There's a really good podcast I heard. Or I read a book about this. You might want to read it. Or, hey, get, it, you know, get a new hobby, get some exercise and do these things, many of which are not bad, but they don't have the healing power of Jesus Christ. Let me give you an example of this. Okay, and I'm always honest with the leadership. A couple of years ago, I noticed, you know, at the end of service, we always have a little response time. We want you guys, we want to pray with you and stand with you and stuff. And so I noticed that people would come down for prayer and our leadership would come up to them and just they're supposed to find out what they need prayer for and then pray for them. I started seeing more and more people coming down front and it was a long conversation that would go on and on and on. And then I would have to close service and I'm like, I'm pretty sure they haven't even prayed yet. And they're still talking. And so I went to the leadership. I'm like, we need to change this. Okay? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, if someone's down praying, I want you to come behind them. I want you to stop and I want you to talk to the Holy Spirit for a minute. Ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything that I need to say or any direction that you need me to give? At that point, ask them briefly what they want prayer for and then pray for them. After that, feel free to talk all you want and stuff, but there's an order to things that need to happen. 
Students, if we take people anywhere first besides the source of God's healing power, Jesus Christ, we are not refreshing friends. You see, refreshing friends understand that their job is a their job is to move a person, but it's Jesus' job to heal a person. We are responsible to, not responsible for. And so, as refreshing friends, take people to Jesus. Second lesson that we can learn. Refreshing friends persistently carry our burden to Jesus. How do you really know that these guys were their friend, was the paralyzed man's friend? Maybe they saw this guy and thought, hey, let's see if this Jesus guy is for real. Let's grab this guy. Let's go. It's not like he was going to fight with him and stuff. And there were people who were just curious that wanted to see Jesus perform miracles. The Bible tells us that the Pharisees wanted to see Jesus perform miracles. But it's the action that these men took that tells me that it's more than just curiosity. There's a real love for the man. See, if they... If this was just some random person that they picked up, they would have given up as soon as the burden got difficult or they faced a little opposition in their lives. But when we love someone, when we love the person whose burden we are carrying, we won't give up. We fight for, we work for, those who we truly love. You want to know if you love someone, will you go to work for them? Will you battle for them? Carrying each other's burdens, it actually purifies our love in our life and it makes us more like Jesus Christ. These friends faced a little adversity. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't because... That's where it usually ends for friends who don't love the person they're helping. Oh well, we tried, but we couldn't because it wasn't easy, it didn't happen quickly, it was time-consuming, it took energy. And sometimes we look for an excuse to give up and move on. Oh, it's the thought that counts. I hate that saying. It's not the thought that counts when we're carrying each other's burdens. What matters is getting them to Jesus Christ. I got you close. Good luck. These guys were persistent. They were relentless. Most people, they would have given up, or at least they would have gone lazy and waited outside till Jesus came out of the house. But they said, forget that. They went to him. This is the, a physical manifestation of that intercessory prayer that we talked about last week. You can sit back and wait, or you can go after Jesus. And I love it because these guys were more than persistent, more than relentless. They were creative. You know, they're faced with a problem, and they're like, man, how can we still get our friend to Jesus? We know he can heal. We know he can change his life. What do we have to do? Oh, I got an idea. 
let's drop them through the roof. <laughs> this sounds like a great idea. And all these guys, yeah, let's do it. And you, you think about it, it's like, okay, that's, that's crazy, but I've been in college ministry a long time. I've watched the guys think, this is a great idea, let's do it. It's like, no, that's not. But occasionally, when we're motivated out of love, we do some crazy stuff, that's right. You know, people come up to me and saying, hey, Tom, can we camp outside for three, eight days straight for kids? That sounds kind of crazy, but it's done out of love. Do it. You know, I've known guys that drove across the country to pick up a fellow student to bring him back to this, to this ministry. That's a long ways, man. Could buy him a plane ticket, that'd be easier. But that's not carrying someone's burdens. You guys have the capacity for great things. Most of us would think what these guys wanted to do was crazy, but not refreshing friends. All they cared about, all they were thinking about was the only thing that would stand between them and Jesus and their friend's life being changed was a few ceiling tiles. They didn't care what other people thought. Their only concern was their friend. It was unconventional. It was probably disturbing to the people inside. They're trying to listen to Jesus. I'll be honest, man. Even Jesus, you know, he knows what's coming, but he's like, well, it's about time they showed up. All right. It would be distracting if you're trying to teach and someone's just... <laughs> I mean, I've had some distractions over the years when I've been speaking. You know, I've had people's phones go off. I've had you know, people talking and laughing. I've had, hopefully not too often, people snoring. Um, it can be distracting. It would be hard. These guys didn't care. And what we see as distracting, Jesus saw as something else. Brings us to the third thing we can learn from these refreshing friends. Refreshing friends have a faith that makes Jesus take notice. Verse 20. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. See, in most accounts in the Bible, when Jesus goes to heal someone, he will remark about the individual person's faith that is seeking the miracle. That's not what happens here in this case. Jesus saw the faith of the refreshing friends. Reality is, the paralyzed guy probably didn't have much faith left. He had been left hopeless. Everything had been taken away from him. He probably had tried every option possible and he was sitting hopeless. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't really want to go hear this new teacher when his friends showed up at his house and said, hey, we want to do this. And he probably only relented when his friends insisted, we're going to do this. And I'm sure when they got to the house and there was no room to go inside, he probably wanted to give up. And when he heard that his friends wanted to tear back tiles on the roof and drop them in front of Jesus and in front of everyone, he probably thought they were crazy too. You want to do what? No, you're not doing that. I don't believe anymore. I'm struggling. I don't have it. Those are the moments when we need refreshing friends the most. People with powerful faith who will stand with us even when we can't stand ourselves. People that we need to borrow some of their faith when we don't have any. You see, these guys, their faith, both literally and figuratively, lifted this man up. And it was because of their persistence, their faith, this man received a double healing, a double blessing from the Lord. Jesus first healed his soul. He said, young man, your sins are forgiven. And from the outside, assume, you know, it's easy to assume that a physical healing would have been his greatest need. Even the man might have thought a physical healing was his greatest need. But Jesus saw the truth. Without healing the soul, your eternity is doomed. Jesus says, you know, was it benefit a man to gain the whole world but to lose your soul? Students, we're all helpless. We are all helpless like this paralyzed man. We need forgiveness. Our souls need to be healed first. Then we can worry about the body. The faith of these friends made it so the soul's man, the man's soul was refreshed. He was made new because of Jesus. There's some of you, maybe you've helped carry a friend's burden for a long time. Maybe a family member's burden that they need salvation. They need a spiritual healing. Don't give up on them. Don't give up. Keep fighting for them. Display your faith in a way that Jesus will take notice and bring healing. You know how the story ends. Jesus not only forgives the man's sins, but he also heals him. Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Did Jesus perform the miracle? Yes. Does he deserve all the glory? Absolutely. But the loving actions of a few refreshing friends also proved to the world 
that they were his disciples. Their actions, their faith, caused people to take notice. I believe that's what the Lord is calling Chi Alpha to be. A place where refreshing friends carry each other's burdens. Who have a faith and persistence to take their friends to the throne of God and to show the world that we are different because of His love. Bow your heads. Close your eyes.